It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 11, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Southeast community of Cake's first confirmed COVID-19 case was reported on Monday. Health authorities say the patient is a woman in her 60s with symptoms of the coronavirus. The Kupernoff Island community of less than 500 people has gone into lockdown. City, tribal, and other public offices have shut down with rapid testing beginning for all residents in alphabetical order. And the clinic operated by Search has also been closed for deep cleaning and sanitation. That's all according to information released Monday afternoon by the city clerk on social media. The Tribal Health Consortium confirmed the COVID-19 case but did not immediately answer questions of why its clinic is being sanitized. Meanwhile, the city is distributing applications for residents to undergo rapid testing beginning Monday evening. First priority is given to close contacts with a woman whose identity is known within the close-knit community. Swabs will be sent to the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium's Mount Edgecombe Hospital in Sitka, with results expected within 24 hours. Cake has a predominantly Alaska Native population. Its local government has instituted some of the strictest COVID-19 precautions in the region. A mask mandate requiring all non-residents to cover their face was put into force last week. A 14-day quarantine remains in effect for all out-of-state visitors to the community. Two more Sitkins have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. Local health officials announced the new cases Monday. Both men are in their 20s and were exhibiting COVID-19 symptoms when they were tested last week. One was tested on August 4th, the other August 6th. Both men are currently isolating and public health officials have begun the contact tracing process, according to a city press release. So far this year, 29 Sitkins have tested positive for the coronavirus, along with 13 non-residents, making 42 total cases. Four of those are considered active, according to city data. The city is moving ahead with a marine haul-out project, even as federal funding remains uncertain. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider allocating $100,000 to cover engineering consulting expenses for project design. City staff have recommended the money come from the Economic Development Fund. That doesn't mean the Assembly plans to pay for the full project from city coffers. The city has applied for an $8.2 million federal build grant to fund the project. If that money is awarded, the plan is to develop a more structured request for proposals to design and build the project. According to a memo from City Administrator John Leach, whether the city receives a federal grant or has to secure a general obligation bond, best-case scenario, the haul-out will be ready in spring 2022. The Assembly will also appoint some of its members to a haul-out task force, made up of GPIP board members, Assembly members, Ports and Harbors Commission members, GPIP Director Gary White, and John Leach. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. An Alaska Marine Highway System ferry's run up Lynn Canal was canceled Sunday after a crew member of the Lacanti tested positive for COVID-19. State transportation officials say the unnamed individual had finished a two-week shift on August 1st and began feeling ill after returning home to Juneau. It's not clear when the crew member went in for a test, but ferry's spokesman Sam Dapsevich says state transportation officials were notified on Saturday that a ferry worker had the coronavirus. We tested the entire crew aboard Lakani, uh, 23 crew members, and all the test results came back negative. We also are testing the next crew that is supposed to start their rotation August 14th. They will all be required to have a negative test result before reporting to duty. 
The Lacantis crew wasn't cleared until the early morning hours of Sunday. That led to the decision to postpone the sailing to Haines and Skagway until Wednesday. So the amount of time it took to test everybody and, and uh, keeping people up late into the night, we didn't want to run the boat the next morning with a tired crew. The Lacanti is expected to resume sailings this week. It includes runs between Juneau, Pelican, Angoon, Cake, and Lynn Canal communities. State public health officials say no close contacts were identified in Juneau or on the vessel. There are no specific testing or quarantine recommendations for passengers or crew at this time. The ongoing pandemic has dealt a blow to educational institutions across the country, but one program in Sitka is booming. A Tlingit language class offered by Outer Coast attracted interest from over 600 students when it went online this summer. As KFSK's Corinne Smith reports, the class is strengthening a community of language speakers and helping students reclaim their Alaska Native heritage. Ah, and Johnson. Uh-huh. On a Wednesday evening in July, students with the new online Clinket language course log on to Zoom. Elders are often given the floor, sharing stories, memories, and songs. Adult children seated beside them listen and offer tech support. Tonight, the class begins with a student sharing a short story about her day, observing a hummingbird and enjoying the sunshine in Juneau. Wasadu The online class has been offered every weekday evening in July, with days for beginner lessons, intermediate, and advanced conversation. Between 50 to 120 students log on, depending on the night, to speak, study, and listen. Students participate from across Alaska and North America. Many Alaska Native languages, including Tlingit, were in jeopardy prior to the pandemic. According to the Sea Alaska Heritage Institute, in 2017, there were only about 40 fluent Tlingit speakers out of an estimated 100 speakers at various levels. The class instructor, Khuni Lance Twitchell, teaches Alaska Native languages at the University of Alaska Southeast. He says the goal of language revitalization is to support new students and current speakers. And I I tell learners, you're going to learn this language, and then you're going to be able to talk to some of these really old people who are the remaining speakers, and they're going to be able to share things with you that they can't share with anybody else in the world right now. And then you're going to get to know them in this very special way, and then you're going to lose them. That's how Twitchell learned Clinkit from spending time with his elderly grandfather. He says it's impactful for elders, too, and can contribute to generational healing. They, they live their whole life just seeing decline, 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 decline. And then they're towards the end, they get to see some younger people that they can actually just talk with. And we've seen the, the impact, tears of joy. We've seen incredible moments uh, that wouldn't have happened if if folks didn't put in that hard work to, to learn the language. As recent as a generation ago, elders say they were punished as children for speaking their language, especially at school. Stories and cases document violent assault on students, harassment, and other acts to erase Native culture, like cutting their hair. Prejudice and eradication of Native culture was a widespread systemic effort. It's a dark side of American history that Twitchell says few are willing to acknowledge. 
And, and a lot of people don't want to do that. They'll, they'll get really upset. But they'll say, it was a long time ago. I didn't do that. I don't know why we're talking about this. Everything's better now. Twitchell says revitalizing the language helps address the history of systemic racism and marginalization of Native peoples. And so investment in Native language learning is an investment in reviving the culture, customs, and places of Native people. Twitchell says that process and countering that erasure could address the increased rates of addiction, violence, and suicide seen in Alaska Native communities today. Now we have to decidedly move against it in order to have a different result. Uh, because a lot of people, they'll talk about Indigenous peoples in the past tense. Oh, they did this. They used this. It's like, no, they do that now. They use that now. The language is evolving, too, and Clinkett speakers are collaborating to come up with new words needed for today. At one point, the class discusses the Clinkett word for popcorn and parking lot. Let's do in Kananikwe popcorn, you soy. Oh, yeah, away. The language revitalization effort is modeled after Hawaii's successful program with the goal to offer native language in all Alaska schools from pre-kindergarten to college. On Clinkett Ani in Petersburg, I'm Corinne Smith. The Shinkit language class is continuing via Zoom for free for anyone interested. You can find information about the class, language resources, and recordings of past classes at shinkitlanguage.com. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka Parks and Recreation Committee meets at noon today in Harrigan Centennial Hall. Sitka Tribe of Alaska's Natural Resource Committee meets at 6 p.m. today via Zoom. To attend, contact Jeff Feldpausch at 747-7469 or email jeff.feldpausch at sitkatribe-nsn.gov. The public is invited to attend. The Sitka Tribe of Alaska Low Income Heating Assistance Program is accepting applications through September or when funds are expended. This program assists eligible Alaska Native and American Indian families with heating. Applications are at 204 Siganok Way or call 747-7293. Sitka Farmers Market produce can be ordered from 5 p.m. Tuesdays through 8 p.m. Thursdays on the Salt and Soil Marketplace website. Pickup is 10 a.m. to noon, Saturdays through September at St. Peter's Fellowship Farm. Details are also on the Salt and Soil Marketplace website. The University of Alaska Sitka Start Program is accepting applications through Saturday, August 15th. The program is geared toward recent high school graduates and students with fewer than 30 hours of college credit looking for an affordable way to earn transferable college credits. Eligible students receive scholarships and other additional supports. For full details, contact David Feltz, Program Advisor, at 747-7705, or email dgfelts at alaska.edu. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is Morning Edition.